How you guys? Listen, Linda, beautiful people. Listen, I had an absolutely terrible week, but it's ending perfectly. So I am going to start doing more guests. I'm super excited about that. Y'all know my biggest focus is just uplifting women and just talking about brokenness in general. Because like I always say, brokenness do not discriminate. It don't care about color. It don't care about race. It don't care about none of that. It don't care about gender at all. So I do have a special guest that I'm bringing out. Her name is Mariah. She's going to her story. I came up with some questions and we're just going to let it flow. And then I'm going to have at least a few men to come on here very, very soon. I do want to start my own little series on my podcast called Black Men or It's Okay for Black Men to Heal. Because I always feel like that's a topic that's not talked about. But enough of me talking. Let me get into this. And I really hope y'all guys enjoy and thank you so much for listening. Hello. Hi there. I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, I'm excited <laughs> too. Okay, so I did an introduction already. So you can just introduce yourself if you like. Okay. Well, I'm Mariah from Detroit. Um, I'm a teacher and I have a big family. <laughs> That's good. So my biggest goal, like I like to just like empower women. I'll try to be raw as possible, but you can, whatever your limit, you can stop it. But I just want people to see like, it's okay to talk about certain topics without being ashamed of it. So if okay. you can just, I got, I came up with some questions, but first you can just tell us like about your story or like something you experienced and then we can like let it flow from there. Okay, sounds good. I mean, it's very vague, but I'll do the best that I can. Um, For me, um, I grew up uh, based around my Christian values. uh, So I faced a lot of of, um, obstacles along the way. And um, throughout life, I just had to really like always choose to live for myself. and I mean, my my experiences, you know, have gotten me ostracized in high school, kind of ostracized in college, and then I kind of changed and just really needed to pursue God on my own. Um, so my my story is really all over the place because I mean, I've been around the world and I've, I've changed as a person. Who I used to be, I'm not anymore, but I do wish I still had some of those some of those parts of myself. Um, I've been on this lifelong journey of like uh, feeling, you know, feeling not necessarily needed or wanted. However, um, I've struggled having a community um, because I know a lot of people. I'm always the energy for people. I'm always the support for people. Yeah. Um, but my struggle for probably the last seven years has been like identifying my community is a lot of people that call me by title and things like that but so many events that's happened in life where it's come to light where you know titles are just titles Mm -hmm. at the end of the day um so it's it's really been a struggle i mean i'm still going through it now however you know i hosted a friendsgiving and it was so many people there um but still it's still the struggle of like yeah these people are showing for an event but who's really my core people and I've been talking with my therapist um about that um her (laughs) question to me was um why do I like assume that people have more time to give me than they do 
um, what she's asking, like, what is that? Like, where is that coming from? Um, the need to think that people owe you. So like, is it or their time? I'm sorry. Is it no, like is it like being in a room full of people and you still feel like by yourself? Well, when I used to do conferences and stuff, definitely that. And then like I um, I work on a really big team um, with the nonprofit organization. And like I train others, so it's like naturally people click up and find their people. Mm-hmm. However, I've always been the person who's like, okay, well, who's left out? Like I don't want to leave them out, but that also um, makes me run the risk of being left out because oftentimes, you know, popularity is still a thing. I don't care if people are thirty-five or twenty-five or or three. Like popularity is like what drives some people's motivation to really be around some people. So um, I'm about to ask. Um, so do you know the root of that? Cause I kind of deal with that, but my root of it was like rejection from my like past. Like, do you know the root of why you feel that way? Of like the need of having to have like that particular circle around you? Um, I, I mean, I come from an extremely big family, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I mean, I had a lot of misconceptions of what family is and what your siblings should be to you. And, you know, that, that kind of like strained me having friendships because my mom always like told us like, these are your friends, your brothers and sisters are your friends. And it's like, yeah, um, like I was just writing in my journal today, like insecurities start at home. Mm, that's good that's a word (laughs) you learn it at home like the need to feel wanted the need to want to be included the need Mm -hmm. to um be validated the need to um accept bare minimum from people and um just the idea of love is expected between family but I've been going with the notion that I choose to love my siblings I choose to love my parents I choose I choose to love everybody who I love and, and it's not because oh that's my family I have to love them yeah. so um, you know not having that reciprocated back to me is where I have that sense of like wanting to be or um, wanting to have like I don't I don't necessarily want a group I just want to know that I got people I can vibe with I got solid people, people. Mm-hmm. yeah like I, I've literally like moved my apartment with one other person and paid them because nobody else was available. Um, And I've, you know, helped people move, no shade to anybody. Like I've helped them move, but it's also advocated for myself to say, hey, I need help, but I don't want the rejection of, oh, I'm not available or, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. So it's like, I've I've put my furniture together by myself. I've I've carried furniture on my back from the store to the store by myself and it all comes from like you know picking and choosing who's around me and then also the people that's around me are they a resource or a liability in my life you sound like you're the black sheep right or wrong I, it's it's very it's, it's like a it's kind of like a thin line because again I say like in high school like I was really smart Mm-hmm. But everything that I did was from this this point of, oh, I'm living for Christ. So yeah. people misinterpreted when you know I had my um, my humanly moments and said, 
you know, oh, I've gotten eaten out before or I've, you know, like did this or did that. Like people took that and, you know, made that who I am versus me as a grown woman now saying like everyone literally, you know, is on their own pace and and do what is what what they think is right for them. But as a 15, 16, 17 year old mm-hmm. girl, I didn't have the words to yeah to articulate that. Um, so it's like I have the ability to, I guess, entertain, make people feel welcome, make people feel loved, and things like that. However, if you stick around me long enough, then that's when it's like I'm not for everybody. Yeah, but you're, you're called. You can tell that you're called, and I think that's the hardest things for people to accept when you're called. It's only so many circles you can actually fit in. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely like a journey you walk by yourself or only probably have, like, I only have one friend. That's, well, I, I take that back. I have two friends. I just yes. gained a friend recently. But it's just like I had to learn to be okay with not having a lot of friends or seeking approval from people. And that's hard. Like, I, I definitely understand that. Like, but I, I feel like I, I feel like I sacrificed that through my my teenage years and yeah. it's like God I prayed for you know friends I, I prayed for a lot and it's like why do I still have to sacrifice you know what I'm saying like I've been single since I was 18 25 now and you know to some people it's like well you're pretty you're smart why are you single and it's like I, I'm literally not choosing to be single it's literally every person that's come in my life has not been a fit for me mm-hmm. and I know that on a spiritual level so I, I, I'm sad yeah I get mad but it's like I don't fight it because anymore I mean like I did a lot to keep people in my life back back a, a year ago a few years ago but I, I know that I've been protected from the heartbreak and heartache because it's just not meant for me to like literally go through the motions with so many people so when like so when was like your last heartbreak if you're okay talking about that I mean, heartbreak with uh, intimate relationships or heartbreak just in general? Like intimate relationships. When I was 18, because I mean, I really, it's like, I had the urge to want more with people, but they showed me they didn't want more, so I let it go. And I think it's like silent heartbreaks, like kind of when you like Mm -hmm. start talking to somebody and they're like, well, Mm -hmm. I don't want a relationship. But then you see them after they done talking to you, they end up getting in a relationship. And I'd be like, well, dang. And they question yourself, like, yeah. why you didn't choose me? Like, why I'm not good enough? Mm-hmm. I always had that question, like, why you didn't choose me? And God gave me something so powerful. God, Because I used to always attract guys. Like, they always was in love with somebody else or they would have did that same exact thing you said. And God was like, I asked God, I'm like, God, why do they always choose me second? And God said, you chose me second. So you carried yourself in that certain matter for God to choose you second. Yeah. And I was like, you number one all along and you keep asking why not you. And I was like, okay, got me together. Real quick. Yeah, and, it's like, and I always think about that because that's why I say in the spiritual I know yeah. that I'm not in these relationships because God is not at he's not at the center. Mm-hmm. Practically, he's not at the center of my life. Yes, I profess him daily but he's not at the center so it's like you know the inconsistency with people it also reveals in my relationship with God um but that comes with the struggle of growing up with people telling you how to how to seek God but then mm-hmm. actually getting to the point where it's like well I'm t- I, I don't want that anymore I want something for me because 
whatever they're doing is not working for me. So I've been struggling since the end of college to really figure out what's for me because I mean, I was in the gospel choir and it's like, I always had this discernment, like be yourself because people are doing whatever they want to do. You got people who the chaplain of the choir and they having sex at game nights. Mm-hmm. You got people who, you know, the, the choir directors and they're doing what they want. And it's like, when I got in the choir, because my personality is so big, people just like try to dumb me down and be like, oh, you, you, you know, you need to calm down or you're too ratchet. And it made me feel like, well, I'm not ghetto. Like, you know, will, will a man, will I be able to fit in this family if they the apostles of the church? And it, it's like, once I left the choir and I found out all of the stuff that goes on behind the scene, I'm like, bro, this is why I chose to live for me because everybody's going to be doing what they want to do and still get up Mm -hmm. there on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday and and do what they want to do. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to live my life and I need to face my consequences in the way that God will have them to be versus continually living the way others want me to. You know, I can go to church every Sunday. But is my character matching with that? Yeah. Um, I used to have perfect attendance at church. And then I was still living my best life Monday through Saturday. And I had to realize, like, you're not playing nobody but yourself acting yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 So as a woman, like, what's something that what's something that you learned, like, growing up that was dysfunctional that you noticing that that's not, it's not normal? Dysfunctional? Um... Like a, like a pattern you had all your life and you like now that you're older you're lightweight this not right um I would let me see mm, mm, mm. I'm a brain picker <laughs> no you're good you're, you are good I would say just like silently leaving doors open for people oh wait that's good has been very dysfunctional for me but it, it the root of it is having a father on heroin and not understanding the effect on him mm-hmm. being out of my life but I learned toxic love early because mm-hmm. I loved him without him having to put in the effort of being a father wow. and I battled with my siblings my you know my whole childhood like yeah that's our father and they're like well that's our sperm, our sperm donor so mm-hmm. it's like but no it's not so I you know I gave him the title of father without him actually you know physically being there because my experience of him being an addict is extremely different from my siblings um so when he did come around I'm like oh my daddy here and it was even kind of like a present however young Mariah didn't know that that wasn't normal so when I got into these like you know situationships entanglements and relationships it was like okay they only calling me three four times a week or, you know, pulling up on me once a week. That's okay. I still love them. Or that's okay. Yeah. I still want to be around them. And, you know, I was... Ooh, yeah, so it was like, you know, I was I was a virgin for a very long time. So it's like, maybe when I'm not a virgin, they'll, they'll still be around, you know, even longer or something like that. Or I assume that everybody who came in my life, that's the only thing they, they were after. But I still play with fire. I still let them in my life. I still let people come in and out of my life. And I thought that was okay. Like, oh yeah, them the dudes I talk to when I come home from school every summer or every every holiday. And it's like, nah, because they're giving somebody else their full attention. 
you know Ooh. you is talking wait hey. a minute hey, <laughs> I, and yeah, I, thought was, like, I thought it was like i thought it was like you it's like accepting the bare minimum man, and normalizing that and it's like to hear you say it and it's like wow like i've been doing that my entire life yep and it and it took me like it took me to get out of character completely to me to finally snap out of it's like okay Shanice, you're beyond damage control if you don't change now your daughter is gonna repeat these same mistakes like yeah that is good that is good yeah i mean Another- it, meg's a stallion even though it's not completely you know it's not completely healthy she say you can't call him a trick if he only buy you food and that's and that's real <laughs> because like these men are doing bare minimum like they can't like they shouldn't have access even though we feel lonely, even though we want to be with somebody, they shouldn't have that much access to you. Yeah. If they're literally doing the bare minimum. And it's like, I find myself a few times like correcting somebody that I like, that I'm talking to. I'm like, you said you called me back and you wouldn't. But my therapist was like, let them court you. Let them show mm-hmm. their intentions to you. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not going to say it no more. I've been in a pattern of saying I'm not going to say it, but still saying it. However, mm-hmm. it's like when I don't call, I know what's up. So, this guy, I, I asked this guy about courting, and he was like, oh, I, I hoop. I'm like, you hoop? I said, not hooping. <laughs> Baby, <laughs> intentionally dating me. And... <laughs> People be asking, like, are you ready for a relationship? And in the thick of it, no, I'm not. I mean, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of having a person consistently. Mm-hmm. But to, like, just, I mean, like, it's not even giving up the people I have because even they're not consistent. But I'm- So how do you date? Like, how do you date? Because I'm finally in a stage where I'm open to date. Like, I just spent, like, a whole year of not dating at all. But now I'm in a feel like I want to just see it's like, not really dating I think we need a new name for it because people you know they they don't like running the risk of spending money on somebody and then it not working out um like I've even been in a place where I'm like I just need a companion let's meet up I'll pay for my meal you pay for your meal exactly. and it's a shame that you have to like set standards like that for you to even have an opportunity and then you know I'll be feeling bad if people do spend money on me and then I'm like bye if I if it don't work, I'd be guilt tripping myself into staying around, knowing that it's not gonna work. But at the end of the day, you chose to spend your money on me. I chose to give you my time. So if it didn't work, I mean, let's just end it before it get bad. Yeah, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So I have another question: What's stopping you from becoming the best you? Like, what is stopping you from reaching like your fullest potential right now? Me. That, yeah, that's a good answer. Definitely. That's good. You take accountability for yourself because most people blame like, oh, my parents or my family or like play the blame game when our biggest enemy is sometimes ourselves. I mean, honestly, like I'm still like trying to learn lessons that I should have learned while I was in college. Yeah. You know, my life is really shaped around college. You know, like I went to college to get a job and I got my job now and it's like I'm still you know I'm still the unorganized Mariah I was I'm still late to everything work (laughs) I'm still late Um, I'm still like and now I'm in a place where it's like the only deadlines I have is for work so when it comes to my business or the nonprofit I want to start I'm literally not doing anything dealing with it because I have no physical deadlines that's going to give me a consequence if I don't do it the only consequence is not elevating 
Mm, that's good. And because I'm financially stable, I really don't see how it's affecting me. However, I mean, when I do take off, it's like, well, this is what you was missing out on all these years because you wasn't doing what you had to, you, you were supposed to be doing. Have you forgave your dad? Or like, was it any like hurt in between that? Like when he wasn't like available when you needed him? I don't think that I personally had anything against my dad. I think as I got older, like I began to resent my, like my, my aunts, my uncles and my, my grandparents because they seen my mom with seven children, not struggling, but struggling. Yeah. Because she she got it out the mud. She raised seven kids off thirty k a year. She did that. Government assistance. But as I got older, and I'm like, bro, y'all really didn't even say. Let me babysit. Let me take two of your kids. You know, let me let me do this. Let me take them on a trip. Y'all ain't do none of that. And as I get older, I resent them more than I do my father. And because I went to college and took a psychology class and took all of these like pedagogy classes it's like I understand the mind and I understand also trauma like yeah. they like my brothers and sisters like oh our daddy had money he should have never been on crack however yeah, money doesn't that. equate to healthy mm -hmm. living my dad used to go on the front door of school and walk out the back door every single day and when my grandma caught on she finally started catching him but she didn't have the support of my grandfather because my yeah. grandmother, I mean, my grandfather just died at 99. Oh, wow. And they had my, my father at 40. So imagine raising two, you know, two children at 55. Like, you, you done raising kids. Yeah. You're a grandparent, you know, you're a, a grandparent at that point. So it's like, I could blame my dad, but however, I understand trauma and it's like you know as years went on I found out my grandfather wasn't perfect I found out that one of my cousins that I call my aunt because of her age could be my could be my my um my aunt actually because of my grandfather's mistakes so I just think about generational curses and also you know I think in terms of years my father was born in what 60 so that means he was born in the midst of the crack epidemic. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I think of stuff in that way, and I think that's what affects me. It uh, affects me to like not be emotional like mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be. So, but, how do you process your feelings? Like, like, before you like really found God, like, what was your temporary voice? I used to write in my diary, honestly, and then, like, you know, I, I wouldn't wild out on people because. Like, I mean, I look like I'm extremely, like, uh, but in reality, like, I didn't like arguing with people. Um, I've never fought a day in my life for real, besides my siblings in, in, in a second grade. So, you know, coming from the hood, it's like, you know, when you express yourself, it's either we gonna fight or not. <laughs> so I really learned to like silence myself and avoid having to express myself because of the fear of I'm gonna have to fight or the fear of like rejection because when I when I told my siblings that they was hurting my feelings and stuff they'd be like you acting like a punk or you sensitive mm -hmm. <laughs> I heard yeah. that so much to this day I'm still the sensitive sibling um, I'm still the sensitive person and it's just like 
my sensitiveness, like it only comes out when people are not doing their part. So instead of fighting you to treat me right, I'm just gonna start walking out of niggas' lives. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's that's really it because I'm I'm tired of fighting people. Yeah, to like see me, especially when you're worth more. Like you, you definitely worth more. You could tell like your spirit is like really beautiful. Like you don't gotta do all that. Like, baby. Bae. <laughs> but it's like so. Like now, like so. What's your What's your opinion on therapy? Like, before you tried therapy, like, was you against it or was you, like, open to it? What made you go to therapy? I kind of didn't know what I didn't know. It was like, when I first started therapy in college, I was like, well, I I know I'm not depressed, so I don't want to use these resources and take it from somebody else Mm -hmm. if somebody else really needs it. But the moment that therapy pulled on my heartstrings, it's like, bro, I actually do need because <laughs> when it comes to like talking about family or anything like personal, I immediately start crying. Yeah, that's how I am. Did, did she say what that means? Because I think I have that habit too, where I just instantly start crying. Like, don't ask me if I'm okay. Like, <laughs> no, she she. Well, I've I've had two different therapists, um, so she really didn't tell me what it means. However, like, it, I mean, it's build up of like not talking about it. Yeah. If somebody telling you crying too much, I'm, what I'm gonna do? Not cry. Mm-hmm. So I believe um, it's healthy to be rel- like I'm a crybaby. Mm-hmm. Like I will cry good tears and bad tears, but I just feel like I have to re- release those emotions. That's how I deal with them by releasing them. Like I can't just hold all those tears in. So I'm most definitely. Going, I'm just gonna cry it out. What is your definition of knowing your worth? <sighs> That's so hard. I mean, because you can know your worth and still not lift up to yeah, it. No better, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, when you think of worth, it's literally not in like, it's not in a resume. Like, people think that worth is, oh, I got five degrees, a house, mm-hmm. this, that, the third, whoop de whoop. It's really like who you are at the core. Like, no, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, do you make people feel like a better person? When mm-hmm. um, do you believe in yourself I feel like worth is knowing like I mean I have a lot I have so much in me mm-hmm. that, that I can offer <laughs> you know like giving and listening and sharing and teaching like that's my work knowing that I can impact people's lives that's good okay right now i'm sorry um so last question what's one thing you wish you you can tell your 18 year old self (laughs) (laughs) sus sus (laughs) Mm. whatever you do do it in confidence don't be afraid to fail. Take your own path and not anyone else's. And love yourself a little more. That was nice. I am. I really, really, really love that. I really love this whole thing. Like, I love your level of thinking, like your spirit. Like, it was, it was like a perfect. I don't even call it vibes. It, it's spirit. <laughs> I try to stay away from the word vibe. 
But I'm just going yeah. to end it in a quick prayer. But do you want to ask me something or anything? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I inboxed you like years ago. I, re- like, I just seen that today. Like in 2011. <laughs> I remember that moment and my memory is really bad but some odd reason I really remember you coming up to me I think I was dating Janelle I had to be dating Janelle light skin boy yeah he turned his eyes yeah <laughs> yes I remember people you know just like so like my memory is like if I don't remember somebody's name I'm gonna definitely remember their face I don't remember what happened that day. Like, I remember you came up and said something, but I know, like, because I was with him for like a good four or five years, and he just damaged my little heart. Mm. It's okay. It's to come up, though. He, 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 up listen, he, he in my inbox right now. <laughs> oh, like, boom. I'm sorry. Baby, you had a chance. What they say is your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Not yours, but it was your turn, baby. Mm-mm. Yeah, you were at homecoming just looking uncomfortable. And, like, you know, like, I knew that I was a good person when I look back on it. Like, when I was, like, caring about that small stuff for people. Because I know yeah. a lot of people, you know, are hurt by bystander effect. Like, they'll see something going on in our culture. Like, you just let it keep going on. and it's Wait, what happened? Like, I'm trying to think. 20 you were so mad at, like, you were mad and uncomfortable. I don't know if he made or something like that and I was just like do I save her <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah I'm like do I just like come and grab her like, I don't know if he put his hands on you or what but I'm like she doesn't look happy he, he, I think he, I, I had to find find out like he was cheating or something it had to be something that's at homecoming yeah oh. I'm sure like I remember we, we did like a Cedar Point trip with Southeastern and he like slept with the girl like soon as we left from the trip. Like literally the trip was over. That relationship. Like he admitted to this shit like he slept with like 10 girls. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame his name. I'm gonna just stop right there. But Yeah, I mean I found out that my ex was cheating on me. I'm going to trips with the school and this man walking people home and kissing them. Oh man. You embarrassing. And yeah. I put this freaking pedestal on you and this what you want to do bro did you forgive him i mean yeah and i mean it took me a long time to even stop thinking that we would be together so that's a that's a question right there before i end so (laughs) (laughs) that was a good question so what is healing to you with relationships like what do that time frame look like like how do you know when you're fully over a certain person oh yikes um my journey with that has been rough like i'd be like it's time for them to go yeah i don't like put them on my life before that you know during their time it ends up biting me and it ends up people rejecting me in the the natural but in the spirit it's like i've been told you to let them go Mm -hmm. but you're still messing with them um so that you know that looks like the conversations are different. Um, your feelings toward them is different. Because um, I have a lot of anxiety when I'm like either like not cool with people mm-hmm. or um, stuff like that. But when I'm at ease with somebody, like I know that I've truly healed from that. That's what you just saying. You're really, I, I love your wisdom. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me say a quick prayer, really, really, really quick. So, like, no questions before. I end it. No, I mean, let's see. Let us see. 
Um, what's your ultimate goal with, um, with, let's say, I guess your passion or your your purpose? Um, my purpose. I don't know why I'm addicted to the conversations of healing because if you don't heal I feel like the enemy will keep you distracted in your brokenness so as long as he have you occupied in your brokenness then he know there's a great chance you could never reach who you're called to be and I used to always say this cliche phrase to people like there's somebody else on the other side of pain and until I got on the other side of pain like I went from going relationship to relationship and just being broken like um, getting an abortion that nearly killed me getting an abortion at 15 years old like I went through a lot of stuff like not knowing my worth with men like they like, attracted married men like yep. then like the moment I found out who I was within God and found self love within God and I got a glimpse of who I was it's like I began my life began to take off once I realized who I was like I, I, I this is um, sermon it's called I didn't know I was me and I cry every time I hear that because I didn't know I was me. Like I didn't know that I was this powerful woman. Like I didn't know that I can actually touch women. I made a podcast just because it God broke my heart. I didn't think women would listen to this. Yeah. It was just out of my pain. But like my purpose is just showing women like the beauty and brokenness. Like it's not the end of the world just because you went through trauma or your dad was in there or whatever the situation was. Yeah. Okay, Lord, I, I'm, I give me my spirit now. Nah. <laughs> yeah, all the way. <laughs> okay, that's a prayer because I did just get off work like literally an hour ago, and I'm in the same spot since twelve o'clock. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, Lord, I just say allow me to speak through my flesh and not my spirit, God. And I just say thank you for Mariah and her beautiful spirit tonight, God. And I just ask that everyone who's listening on the sound of my voice, Lord, that they take away at least one lesson. They get the courage to tell their story and to heal the wounds that they don't speak of, God. And I just ask you to cover Mariah, Lord, any brokenness, any unsolved trauma, anything that she's not aware of, that she battled, that she battles silently, Lord. I just pray that you heal it and you reveal it, God. I pray for her non-profit, God, that you would bring it to pass and you would let it be successful, Lord. I pray that any rejection, anything that she's facing that she don't speak of, God, I pray that you heal it, Lord. I pray for anyone in her life, God, that's not a part of truth remove God. I pray that you will send people in her life that will bless her and that will be solid and be a, a great friend to her, God. I ask you to change her circle around, Lord. And I just ask you just keep us covered, God, and you keep us her health covered, her family covered, anything that she's going through right now, anything that she's grieving, God. I pray that you give her peace when she sleeps tonight. And I pray you continuously to remind her of her value, Lord. And I pray that for that man, that he's preparing himself to be a husband for her, God. And I pray that she's continuously to be that beautiful woman for that man one day, God. And I cover her future husband, that he will love her correctly and she will begin to love him correctly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. You have a safe night and thank you again. You as well. Please get home safely. <laughs>